Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross. The best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. Love is in the air, but so is steroids. The docket has become the rocket. But around the corner, the baseball season is here. We got it all coming up next on the docket. And welcome to the 31st ever episode of the Sports Docket here on Blog Talk Radio. We got a great show for you tonight, episode number 31, for Thursday night, February 14, 2008, which just happens to be Valentine's Day, so you're spending your Valentine's Day with Ace and the Quas, and I'm Ethan Quasman. And I'm Steve Ackerman, a lot for you to, on the show tonight, uh, of course, uh, we have steroids, uh, uh, we got spring training in the air. Uh, we, we got, got a lot going on. Uh, we have a few guests coming on tonight, just to let you know. Yes, uh, uh, coming up. I will eight... be representing uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I think that's what his name is, right? Mark Zuckerberg is the founder of Facebook. <laughs> no. Uh, we oh, have... wait, what was it? <laughs> we have Ted Berg of SNY. Well, Ted Berg, I know that. I'll yeah, start Ted, with the NBA. Ted guy. Berg and Rich Zuckerman. Rich Zuckerman, uh, close. <laughs> SNY.TV. I, I know I recognize that. that name from somewhere. All right, yeah. so uh, they'll Dr. be joining us. Join us. Old Sander was unable to make it because he uh, is having a little bit of the cough. Can't talk. Uh, I have a sore throat, too. I may not sound like it, but I do, so bear with me if anything happens. But, yeah, bear uh, with us here. I love uh, those, too. And, of course, the number to call, you'd like to call, you can call in at any time during the night. One six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That is the number to call on this 90-minute edition of Ace Man of the Quash. So a lot 90. to get to. And uh, certainly a lot of time, and uh, certainly wishing everybody a happy Valentine's Day. Yes, no question about that, those of you tuning in at home. And um, we, we have a lot to get into, of course, now that uh, we're... Well, a little bit later in the show also, we will uh, take some uh, popular sports figures, and we will uh, tell you whether they have Valentine's or not. So uh, you'll want to listen to that, too, a little bit later in the show. Well, or what their Valentine is. It may not be a person, maybe a thing. Um, anyway... Uh, that's what our program is. Of course, we are officially done celebrating the uh, Giants championship. And you can never stop celebrating uh, that Super Bowl. But again, uh, we can call into a program. We love the interim. Of course, the big story yesterday, uh, Clemens, um, Knobloch telling his whole life story at the, uh, at the, he- at the hearings the other day. And um, actually, that was yesterday. And Brian McNamee and Clemens going head-to-head. And really, this is enough. I mean, it just goes on and on, this whole uh, mess uh, that's that's <laughs> arrived. And really, the, the issue is um, now, uh, the, the big story that came out yesterday was that Andy Pettit uh, admitted that Clemens used steroids, and Clemens said no, and he was un- misunderstood. Uh, he wasn't in his right mind in saying that. And Clemens really 
even in the uh, in the court case, he just seemed a little uncomfortable um, with the question that was being asked him. But of course, this is a declaration. Course, well, what Clemens is trying to do right now is that uh, he's trying to cover up uh, his steroid use with his wife right now. He's saying that uh, the HGH conversations with Andy Pettit were due uh, were from his wife. I mean, come on, it's a load of crap. You know what I think Clemens should have done the whole time? I think he should have just told the truth from the beginning, uh, you know, done his time in jail or, uh, uh, you know, deal with the embarrassment. And, you know, if he apologized, if he told the truth, I think it would have been over with uh, by now. Sure, um, and uh, we do have a call on the line. We have a call right now, a 516 area code. Uh, you're on the sports stop, h and the clock. What's going on? Hello? 516. Anybody there? Hello? 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 Hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? this is Ace-Man. Yo, it's Ace-Man. What's going on? Yo, what's going on, killer? Not much, man. Uh, who is this? I'm a five-star G. Nice. What do you got for us, Brooklyn right now. What do you got for us? What? What do you got for us, man? What's on your mind? What's on your docket tonight? I'm a fucking rig, dude. All right, um, thanks for the call. Um... Uh, I don't know who that was. Uh, Daniel would call into the program and share his thoughts on sports and nothing else. That's what we are. <laughs> but again, yes, we are talking, um, of course, we're going to get into the Mets. Uh, Johan Santana today arrived early in the spring training. Uh, actually, it was yesterday, and today Pedro Martinez arrived. The rest of the team arrived, as the Mets officially reported today. And we, we, we will get into that all with Ted Berg of SNY.TV. He does the blog over there. Um, flushing, fussing. So he'll talk with us. Then Rich Salkerman does a blog for SNY TV as well. Um, maybe SNY should sponsor us. We're all their guests on. Um, Rich Zuckerman does a blog, Garden Party, but he's going to talk more so just general NBA stuff with us. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. And, of course, that NBA stuff involves uh, Jason Walter Kidd. around here, Jason Kidd, uh, who nearly got dealt uh, last night's Dallas. Uh, it was about a four- or five-player package deal. Which included uh, Devin Harris, but uh, uh, Devin George, who was a swingman forward, six-man type of guy, uh, blocked the trade. So uh, he had a, a rare clause in his contract. Uh, he signed a one-year contract uh, in the off-season with Dallas. But that's very cool. It's funny of life. I mean, I think it's going to get done. I think Jason Kidd has had enough um, in New Jersey. I think it's time for him to go back I to think, Dallas. Yeah, I think Dallas will find a way. I mean, they still have uh, like a week or two before the trade deadline. You know, the deal that's is pretty the, fair. Considering that the New Jersey isn't is going to get Jerry Stackhouse in the deal, um, also going to get um, Maurice Agger uh, from a, a D League guard, you know, the, and also the Nets get to buy out uh, Stackhouse's contract, but uh, and, and that will not allow him to resign next season. But again, New Jersey, I think it's a must. I mean, even well, last night we played Tor- Toronto, lost 109-91 without Jason Kidd, but, but I think with Stackhouse and the other guys in the trade, uh, it, it's worth. It's worth the, uh, the wait for New Jersey to get this deal done. Um, Kidd is obviously set up with his uh, uh, contract in New Jersey, not just the contract, just everything that's going on. It's a distraction for New Jersey, so I think uh, it'll be the perfect move um, for the Mets to trade Kidd. I mean, obviously losing the big player, um, and then there's yeah. no question about the player they're going to lose. I think it's tough for the New Jersey Nets. I think they're in a tough situation here. I mean, with their bad record and all, they're what, they're 23-30, and 23-31, something like that. I mean, they're still they're in eighth place in the conference. If the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. I mean, it's a very odd situation, but they would be in the playoffs. And, you know, the playoffs, of course, is a crapshoot. But, 
I just don't think a 23 and 31 team can go all the way. And uh, especially since kid is getting older, I mean, his value is pretty high right now. I'd try to get as much as I could for him. I agree with you. I mean, uh, just getting older, the value is much higher than him. should use that strategy. Trade some of the older players to contending teams. Get some yeah, I mean, draft picks back if you can. He's really not going to do anything against Boston yesterday. Actually, speaking of the Celtics, um, and that's right now when played them in the first round. That's how the playoff uh, race looks. The Knicks yesterday actually uh, played some basketball, but they did lose. Uh, eight points to Boston, uh, 111 to 103. Uh, Thomas got ejected twice, so I'm sure he, he's not having, having a very happy Valentine's Day. Uh, the Knicks are now 22 games under 500. It just gets worse and worse, 15 and 37. Um, Zach Randolph says today, you know, um, the only solution for the Knicks to even uh, start winning games on a consistent basis, better yet, win one game. Speaking of winning consistently, win one game. Um, Zach Randolph said that the Knicks need to. They uh, need to just. Uh, they what? need a miracle. That's what they need. Well, the Knicks need just to even start winning. Winning one game is they need to trade some guys away. The nucleus of Randolph and Curry is not working. Um, Thomas Bailey even plays them on the floor at the same time. Uh, the, it's not. It's not. The, it's not to change the players that are fixing this. You need to trade some guys out of here. He makes a lot of moves. I mean, that's the bottom line. We'll get. We'll get more into with Suckerman. We're going to, of course, talk more NBA. Uh, general NBA stuff, so of course, the All-Star game coming up February 17th. That's this Sunday in New Orleans, so that's going to be a lot of fun, and whether Kitten will play, we'll see. But, yes, we are going to take a quick break on the sports topic. Um, again, you can call into our yeah. Take your phone calls, one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. right back on the docket. And, yes, we're right back after this. The sports docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Sports a little bit here. We'll switch the NBA a little bit. So the season just getting underway now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? I think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say false because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't, but <laughs> every year they seem to be the best team. But uh, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to repeat. Uh, my opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after everything. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. That's what they do. <laughs> Tony, I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys? <laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, can yeah, I agree with that. I, they're, they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> when you. Live from Lynbrooklyn, New York, this is the Sports Docket Radio Show, where they spin and the cross on Blog Talk Radio.
And we got a sweet show tonight. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Topic. 8-12 p.m. on a Thursday night. Valentine's Day edition. Uh, this weekend is your uh, go-away weekend as uh, schools are off. Um, people are off from work on Monday. So it's getting a lot of fun. We had a 5-1-6 call on the line before. Um, I'm pretty sure it's different than the other guy before. Uh, if you want to call back into your program, we'll be sure to take your call. We're not having Ted Berg on until 8.30. So 516 area code, we'll be happy to take your call at any time uh, before 8.30 here. In fact, we do have a call right now. We do have a call right now, 516 area code. We'll take our chances here on the sports stop at 8.00 o'clock. Huh. What's going on? Hello. 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 Hey. What is up? This is Ace Hardware. I had a call come in. From this number. <laughs> what do you got for us today, man? What do you got? What, 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 what is this? This is Ace Man the Quaff. Uh, hold on. He says it's Ace Man and the Quaff. He says the Quaff. The Quaff. Hi, this is Richard. How may I help you? Um, <laughs> you're on a radio show right now? What do you got for us? Um, well, this is Ace Hardware. Uh, my employee said you called here earlier, so we wanted to find out what you needed. Um, we have some wonderful savings on uh, lumber and uh, drills, 30 to 40% off. And hammers are buy one, get one half off. That i got to hand it to you. It's a pretty good job. Pretty good job. Nice job. Ace Hardware. Who, is it? Who, who really is this? Uh, this is this is Richard from Ace Hardware. I'm the assistant manager. Okay. And uh, do you want to advertise for us? And uh, what brings you on the sports doctor tonight? What? What brings you on the sports doctor tonight? Um. Well, I heard the Giants just won. That's that's very good news. Wait, wait. Hold yeah, the Giants on. just won yesterday. But, uh, right? Oh, I, I, I'm getting I'm getting off topic. Why'd you call here earlier? Hold on. I, I want to. Hello. All right, Is this Home Depot again? Y'all be trying to take our business. I guess uh, 516 tonight is um, having some fun, say the least. A little bit, maybe too much with the uh, Menachevitz and the uh, Valentine's Day. But, uh. <laughs> anyway. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. I think that was my friend Andrew. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it, sure. like, it definitely sounds like your friend Andrew. I guess he's having a little bit too much tonight, but, uh. Hopefully a on a, drink, a different maybe? kind of, I don't know. <laughs> a different kind of evening, he'll call in and maybe ask him a question about the Rangers or against the, or about the Devils. Rangers, of course, right now are in tenth tenth place in that. Uh, yeah, the Rangers are in mess. Well, I wasn't in mess. I mean, it's very close. The reason why Rangers are in tenth place is not because of them them losing; it's more because of Buffalo who keeps on winning. Had a one nothing win against Toronto yesterday. So, I mean, Buffalo is right now the eighth seed, but it's very close to Rangers, Buffalo, and Boston in, in, in that. Uh, I think that, the NHL, I think uh, the playoff spots will come down to the last week. Yeah, I mean, like last year when they had the Islanders, by the way, on 14th place, and the Islanders are reeling. They're falling off the map. They're playing in Toronto tonight, and they'll be up there again later on. Uh, but the Islanders, of course, right now are reeling. Uh, can't seem to get anything going. By the way, a um, big story in the NHL with um, Zednik, uh, Oli Oli Jokinen, uh, his teammate. You hear this? You hear the story, right? Yes, of course. Uh, this was terrible. Uh, Richard Zednick, uh, Florida Panthers forward, uh, got injured about it was last Sunday's game, I believe, uh, with a skate 
what happened was in the play, uh, I'm sure most of you uh, who are watching are aware by now, but we'll, we'll, uh, we will reiterate here. Uh, Richard Zednik uh, was skating, and Ole Jokinen uh, took a hit. He uh, tumbled over against the boards, and as he was going over, uh, his skate went uh, right into the oncoming Richard Zednik. Uh, it cut his uh, coronary artery in his uh, neck. You the blood and, uh, going got very lucky uh, that he's alive and in good condition right now. I mean, you, you can even see the blood and you're going off the ice. I mean, it is just pouring out. Um, I mean, it is ridiculous. But, uh, of course, Zemeck is improving uh, for the Florida Panthers and uh, hopefully he'll have a speedy recovery. Uh, got very lucky. Apparently, the artery just hung on and the doctors were able to repair it without uh, going into major surgery. Yeah, and, of course, they're thinking about suspending... Uh, Players, some of the players, uh, the player involved who hit um, Jokinen, which no, 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 you don't do that. It was it was a freak accident. Yeah, I mean, it was a freak accident. It wasn't anything compared to what happened with Steve Moore and Todd Bertuzzi no, five years that's ago. That's way different, no, because this wasn't on purpose. This uh, was, was a freak accident. I mean, uh, stuff like this happens uh, once every twenty years in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's um, always instances like this. But of course, everything is okay. And, well, that brings uh, up the uh, debate: is that should all players? Have to wear neck guards and uh, helmets uh, with their face protected. Now I, mean, I tell you what, in the NHL, you should get all the uh, you should have all the protection you need because for these guys. Now um, I was kind of on the on the bubble with this, but at the end of the day, I think they're professionals, and I think they should have a choice of whether they want to take that chance or not take that chance. Okay. Well, I mean, it's really it's really a decision made. But, I mean, definitely an interesting debate, though. Definitely an interesting debate. Also, a big thing: uh, Ovechkin is only two goals away from fifty now. As he continues to, um, you know, he's not chasing Gretzky's record here, but he he may get close the way he's been playing. I mean, he's, nah, just, he's not gonna get close. He's not gonna get 92, but yeah, well, not 92. I know that, but I mean, he is uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, even when they lose, he he seems to be the topic of conversation. Ovechkin well, right now, uh, arguably the best player in hockey, uh, okay. definitely in the top three. Yeah, I mean, of course, in, of course, in that pathetic Southeast Division, when you have uh, three teams tied at 60 points, all of them barely 500. Um, Ovechkin, of course, is the main story uh, in the the NHL. I mean, this player's been phenomenal all year long, and I, and I always say he's a better player than Crosby. But but it's not only that uh, not only that uh, he scores goals though, but he uh, he plays hard. He and he plays uh, defense as well. I mean, he does a lot of good things in the uh, game that uh, don't appear on the box score. You know, he kills penalties. Uh, he plays defense. He plays hard. And uh, you see how excited he gets when they score. I mean, he plays like a kid, and that's what you like to see. Kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Jose Reyes, except in uh, hockey. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I know. I mean, and of course, um, the Devils had a very inspiring win. The Devils had a very inspiring win uh, last night. Uh, Brian, G- uh, Brian Gianta scoring the winning goal in overtime to beat Ottawa. Of course, I mean Ottawa has has, been, has had these slumps, and they've been struggling at certain points during the season, and they're in one right now. Uh, they've only scored three goals uh, in the last three games, something like that. But uh, the Devils, uh, they stuck with them. Ottawa had a lead. The Devils uh, took it back, and they were able to hang on and win this game. And uh, Brian Johnson, of course, scored a winning goal against a guy who's not easy to score against, uh, Gerber. But the Devils, uh, and only uh, 22 shots by Ottawa in the game. So... Yeah, I mean, a big win by the Devils. Uh, congratulations to them. I mean, uh, they're doing fine right now. They're in the playoff picture. So. Well, they, uh, no, no question, they are, they are in the playoff picture, but the Devils, for them, I mean, it's not just being a playoff picture. The Devils want to win this division, the division that they won four straight seasons. And, of course, right now they have Pittsburgh, who um, 
hasn't missed a beat since Crosby left. I mean, really, they have been uh, just – they have stayed on. They've got, they have gotten hot. And uh, uh, they has been amazing. I mean, Malkin is having a phenomenal stretch right now. And uh, when Crosby comes back, I'm just going to show you even how much it's going to be. So right now the Devils are in a big race for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely the East is up for grabs right now. Philadelphia, Penguins, and uh, New Jersey, the top three right now, with the Rangers still contending and the Islanders basically eliminated. Well, they're not eliminated yet, but uh, they're not playing well, and they have about 10 less points. The thing with the Rangers, though, they're trailing only by like, four or five points, but the thing is the game's in hand. Uh, every team right now has about two or three games in hand over the Rangers, which is a big factor uh, because uh, not as much points available for the Rangers and the Rangers all season just can't seem to get into that uh, winning streak. So, I mean, uh, not uh, the best of seasons for the Rangers. They they just signed Henrik Lundqvist, though, or they're going to sign him to a six-year extension. So, I mean, the guy really, uh, he earns it the first part of the year, but the second part of the year doing nothing. And, uh, yeah. Concerning and, right now for the Rangers. And getting back to the Rangers, I mean, I'm interested to see uh, how Lundqvist fares the next time the Rangers play, uh, which I believe... Uh, is going to be on Saturday against Buffalo, a 1 o'clock MSG game. Then they play on, on NBC against San Jose, which is uh, not always an easy team to play. Of course, not both an easy both, game. Both these games are at home, but again, the Rangers are going to be Lundqvist's first start in eight games. I mean, imagine that. Eight games in the NHL. He might be a little rusty, so we're going to see what happens with that. Well, I, mean, I think he needed a break, too, so this might be good for him. Well, I, I, I said it last time. I think uh, the, I said it actually on Mark's show uh, on Sunday night. Um, that they shouldn't have started Steve Valcat twice over the weekend, uh, especially in, um, I, I, only against the Flyers. Only starting against the I Flyers. Mean, you know what? Um, I think it could send a message to Lundqvist that he has to play better, that uh, the Rangers aren't going to settle for mediocrity. They, right now, for the Rangers to win, uh, they've shown all year that they haven't been able to score goals at a consistent rate. Yager is definitely not the same player that he used to be. And, uh, you know, they're not getting offense from all the sources that they thought they would. So oh, and by the way, uh, Mark. Uh, yeah, but Mark Ellis just reminded me. You know, uh, just remind everybody. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist just signed a six-year deal uh, with the Rangers to stay on um, and continue. Yeah, that's what I said. I think the deal right now—it's not official though. It's in. Uh, they've agreed on it, but I don't think all the details are official yet. Well, uh, I mean, it made official in the last couple of days, and, and Lundqvist, uh, well deserving of this deal, um, the way he's played the last two seasons. And I think what really got him was the way he played against Buffalo, despite the fact the Rangers lost that series uh, last year in the um, semifinals against Buffalo. I mean, that really showed uh, Rangers management what Lundqvist, the kind of goalie that he is. And I, I mean, yeah, he's... definitely. Uh, Lundqvist, I think uh, he has the ability to be uh, one of the great goaltenders in this league for years to come. But his game just isn't as consistent. I mean, at the beginning, you know, he was unhuman. You know, he had what was like four shutouts in uh, eight games, something that it was like a streak about that long. So um, I think the Rangers. I mean, they're an interesting team. They're not scoring goals, but they definitely have the ability to score goals. You know, Scott Gomez has played well the whole year. Chris Drury is coming on, but they definitely need Yarmir Yager and Brendan Shanahan. Those two have been disappointed this year. Uh, well, I guess we'll take a quick break now. Uh, coming up at 8.30, of course, is going Ted to have uh, Ted Berg from SNY.TV talk a little bit Mets baseball, talk about spring training. We will get to spring training in the show a little bit later. We'll also have a Valentine's Day segment coming up sometime soon. That'll be fun. And, of course, we'll take your phone calls when we don't have guests on. 
1646-478-5118 is the number to call. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for tuning in. Great sports radio show, The Sports Rocket, on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mark Elliott from Kevin with Mark and Evan, the best sports radio show the internet can handle. And our next show is Sunday, February 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The show can be heard on blogtalkradio.com slash with Mark and Evan at Mark with a K. Evan will be unable to make it, but no need to worry. We have a great filler for the show. On our show, three of fan baseball players will be on the excellent for your fantasy baseball draft. Dan Novick, Aaron Wasserman, and Matt Levenberg will be on great tips for the draft. It is our fantasy baseball guide episode. Just to let you know, the world fantasy baseball draft guide is $10.99. The one on Yahoo is $99. And the ESPN one is $95. The Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan draft guide can be heard or over, downloaded to your computer, and best of all, it's free. All you need to do is into the show. But that's not all. Not only is our draft guide free, but if you official site at freeweb.com slash sports heaven with Mark Evan, and again, that's Mark with a K, you can click on the share your thoughts, your thoughts page, and you can submit your own fantasy baseball question that we will ask the experts on and for you. So our draft guide is free and it's personal. Do not miss out. Thanks so much, Mark Elliott, Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan, blogtalkradio.com. Hello, Mets fans. You're looking for a show that covers the Mets inside and out, and there's a show for you. The Seven Train Shane Mets Radio Show on Blog Talk Radio. Join Matt, Greg, Mike, and special guests all season long with inside analysis on games, news, rumors, the minor leagues, and more. What's your opinion or ask a question by calling into the show? For up to the latest Mets news, rumors, opinions, and show schedules, visit our website at www.7traintoshay.blogspot.com. For Mets fans, by Mets fans, it's a 7-Train Shay Mets radio show. Now back to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quads. Thanks, Matt. And uh, we are back here on the sports stop, Ace Man and the Quads, momentarily. We are waiting Ted Burns to join us on SNY.TV. That's the Flushing Busting Blog. And he'll join us to talk about the Mets and the spring training. I don't think we'll get much of the steroids with him, being that the Mets don't have much of that. <laughs> Mets are clean, and uh, they don't have the gauze pads. Oh, well, I mean, we don't know that for sure. The Mets aren't, you know, I think every team has players who take uh, steroids. But, um, I, I, you know, obviously the Yankees are more involved in it right now, which is what I like. I like the Yankees taking the back papers for negative reasons. I always like that. <laughs> well, I, I just want to play some baseball. I mean, this is ridiculous uh, every day. We got well, uh, baseball, about... I mean, uh, Mets and Yankees both report today, uh, pitchers and catchers, including a newly ac- ac- oh, God, what am I saying? Newly acquired Matt Johan Santana, of course. Uh, yep. He threw uh, some uh, pitches off a flat mound uh, with Rick Peterson watching over him. So baseball is officially back. And uh, spring training games start uh, the end of February, early March, so I uh, can't wait. That's also why uh, they didn't want uh, Santana to talk to the press yesterday because, um, I mean, he's, he's having it's, it's bad enough he's having a press conference on Saturday to address the media like, once again, but they have three press conferences or three uh, talks to the media 
as, especially to the extent that it did last time, would be crazy. I mean, you don't want to exhaust Santana. I mean, just, you know, actually the Mets were actually surprised that he came in early, uh, which shows how much, how committed he will be to this team. Santana has yet to speak with Pedro. I guess he met him today. Pedro reported to camp today. I'm sure they didn't talk about the cockfighting. I'm sure they're talking about baseball. But, uh, of course, now Santana. So. Yeah, you hope so. But, again, the Mets, uh, David Wright also reported early to camp. Uh, the Mets, uh, and to hear, uh, today felt like a little bit of baseball day. So, again, it's always good um, to get into the Mets and get into the baseball. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Uh, it's going to be a fun season. Uh, Mets and Yankees, I think they'll both make the playoffs. I think uh, they'll both be solid teams. Well, no, yeah, well, I mean, normally in New York, uh, we, in the February, we, we normally used to quiet and nothing going on. The basketball teams think the hockey teams aren't the best they can play. But uh, this time we had a Giants, so, of course, in New York, there was no break uh, from the, uh, the daily dose of sports talk in here. So, so that we're thankful for that. But, uh, again, baseball is back, and uh, what's not to like about that? So, again, uh, baseball turns, and... And again, the Mets' first spring training game is going to be in February 28th. Uh, Steve and I are not going to any calls of those games on a show, but we're sure to figure in on the, the Mets. Have, do have, um, I just realized that today the Mets have a lot of questions to answer. You know, you know how is Ryan Church going to be? I mean, Sean Green's going to retire now. It just came out today. But how is Ryan Church going to fill in for Sean Green? Or, you know, um, what happens when Moise Delu gets hurt or disappears again? Who's going to fill his role? Or what about Delgado? Is he going to have a season like last year or a season like 06? In 06, when he hit 34 home runs, or is he going to have a season like last year when he only hit 28 homers, uh, 24 home runs, actually? The key to the Mets, I think, will be health. The, the key is going to be health. That's obvious. About that. A lot of it's questions. Scott Stonewall is going to give a big home run up every time. I, mean, I, I can't believe he's still on this team. He took steroids, too, so he's going to be out for 50 games. There's a lot of questions that uh, need to and be Dwayne answered. And Dwayne Sanchez returning from the taxi tab incident from last year. Dwayne I mean, there's several Mets. Uh, you have, of course, Pedro Martinez. You, you don't know for the rest of his career now uh, how his arm's going to hold up. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, Steve, uh, we're going to take Dwayne a... Sanchez also. We're going to go right into our segment now um, with Ted Berg. We're gonna, right, he's on the get, line. He's on the right line right now. We're going to be... We're gonna Ted Berg's gonna join us right ne- right after this. Johan Santana making 26 start his second this season against the Texas Rangers. Oh, and Berg strikes out four straight strikeouts for Santana. Four and more runs for him. Five straight. So I think he needs to go back out there. Number six. And of course, you know the older you get, the better you work. Wow. Seven strikeouts. Eight strikeouts. Right now on 
sports doctor at eight seven o'clock is Ted Bird of SNY TV. Day today uh, for the New York Mets franchise. And right now joining us is Ted Berg of SNY TV. Ted, thanks so much for coming on and joining us on our program tonight. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me. Okay, great. Uh, first off, you of course um, blogging for SNY TV, uh, Flushing Flushing. So tell us a little bit about um, your blog over at Flushing Flushing and a little bit of the reception that you're getting from Mets fans. You know, just in your general blogging and what goes on. Well, it's always a mixed bag with Mets fans, as I imagine you guys can can probably guess. You know, I mean, it seems like there are uh, there's one group of Mets fans out there to uh, to deny just about everything that the Mets do and say, you know, no matter what happens, it's it's all doom and gloom and 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 everything's going to hell. And then, you know, there's another group of Mets fans who who want to say, you know, anytime you say anything bad about the Mets, oh no no, you're wrong. You know, let's put all of our blind faith in in Omar Minaya and and uh you know whatever he he says is best and and so you know it seems like sometimes and and I think this is a problem a lot of people who write especially on the internet have is you know no matter what you say someone's going to call you out on it so uh you know it's it's a mixed bag but it's it's a good time and and I I do love getting feedback okay uh, well uh, the Mets uh the the big news this all season was made by the Mets of course acquiring Johan Santana last week uh, what were your thoughts of this trade when it happened? I'm sure you must have been ecstatic like the rest of our Mets fans. Oh, of course. I mean, as a Mets fan, you know, I'm, I couldn't be more excited. I think I'm in an interesting position because I was one of the few people who for a long time was saying, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this deal. I mean, for a long time they had been saying five players, and I just kept thinking five players was, was too much. And, I mean, especially even even now. And, you know, I, I, I should say I love the deal, and, and I love the fact that Santana's going to be on the team, and I'm really excited about it. But when you think about it, the Mets did trade, you know, four of their best prospects for essentially the right to sign Santana to the same contract they could have signed him to, that, that someone would have signed him to as a free agent. It might not have been the Mets, and and they might have had to enter a bidding war with the Yankees, which they, you know, the Yankees really wanted him would have inevitably lost. You don't want to do that though, definitely. Not. No, no, of course not. And it's great that that they have him locked down. But you know, this this deal, while it's you know, it's it's. So exciting to see a pitcher like Johan Santana coming to Shea and coming to City Field next year. You know, it does have some some risk with it. I mean, I mean, anytime you sign a pitcher, uh, anytime you sign a pitcher to such a long deal and such an expensive deal, there there's a high degree of risk because he can always get hurt. So definitely, you know, as as excited as I am, I think I was one of the few people who uh, who tried to temper his excitement um, just just because you know I I always see that. <laughs> Maybe I'm maybe I'm a pessimist, and maybe it's just from being a Mets fan too long. But uh, you know, there's there's always that chance, and and it's almost you know sometimes it's almost too good to be true. And and I think maybe that's how I was feeling when when it happened, you know. And what could go wrong is is my first instinct. And you know the the one thing you know the major thing that I could see going wrong is is Santana getting hurt. I mean I, I don't know that it will. I mean he's he's well let's healthy. uh let's pray that he doesn't. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Um, and of course, as you mentioned on a blog, the Mets fans we all know that Santana's going to win uh, 30 games, the strikeout 400 batters, and hit 30 home runs. Right. I mean, the um, expectations. It seems like people are are pointing to him as a savior, especially after the way last year ended. And and that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy, especially in his first year in New York. But looking into uh, the Mets and the, the, their position, uh, I mean, we're not even into spring training yet. There's still plenty of questions to answer. But looking in terms of, um, David Wright has said this, and um, 
you know, Fred Wolpon said this, and Jeff Wolpon, the entire organization has said, you know, the Phillies are still the team to beat, and they did win the division last year. Um, so, what do you think? The, how do you think the Mets stand up against the Phillies? I mean, obviously, Santana gives the Mets a great chance against guys like Howard and Utley. But how do the Mets, on paper and, and on the field, you think are going to stand out against the Phillies this year? Well, you know, it's it's so hard to say because because so much of it comes down to you know who stays healthy, and and that's that's almost always the case in baseball. And and you know, Pedro if Pedro Martinez stays healthy all year. It's going to be real hard to beat a team with uh, Johan Santana and, and and Pedro Martinez, even at his age, at the front of the rotation. But you know, if he doesn't, and if you know maybe El Duque struggles with injury, you never know. I mean, Oliver Perez is still sort of a question mark. You never know what you're going to get out of him. So I'd say, you know, on paper, if if you can, you know, ex- assume everyone's health, and if you can assume, you know, everyone playing up to their potential, I do like the way the Mets look against the Phillies. I think, you know, the Phillies have a have a top heavy <clears throat> rotation with with Hamels and Lidge, but I'm not sold on any of the guys behind them. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the Phillies oh, not ha- not Lidge, I'm sorry, Myers. Um, but you know, Hamels and Myers are strong, but behind them, I don't know about you know the rest. I th- yeah, I think the Phillies staff is young. I think uh, they have a lot of questions, as many as, as we do. Um, but uh, like you said, the health is going to be a big factor. Do you know about some of the bullpen guys like? Uh, Duano Sanchez and uh, Juan Padilla, do you know uh, the status of them going into 2008? Well, by all accounts, Sanchez is healthy. I, I keep saying I'll believe it when I see it because, you know, I think I think we all know better than to expect Juan or Sanchez at this point, you know, and you never know when he's going to get in a cab, a cab uh, for, for some Dominican food at the wrong time. And never take a cab again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, I know that Padilla is out for a while. I don't think they're expecting him back before the summer. Um uh, but that said, they have a ton of arms in camp, and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It almost seems like they don't really have enough spots left. Like, you know, if they're assuming they do give Sean Weiss a job, which which I I don't know why they're going to, except that he has a guaranteed contract. But I've I've written about that any number of times. It's not a good reason to to keep a guy around. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it seems like they have a ton of arms in camp, but not really a ton of bullpen slots left over. So it's going to be interesting to see. That's I think that's probably the main thing people are going to be monitoring in spring training is is who comes out of the bullpen. I think Omar went the right direction for filling the bullpen. You know, instead of signing a big free agent, instead of signing an Octavio Dotel, you know, I'd rather bring in as many guys, you know, with some upside as you can and, and see who sticks. You know, and, and I think he did a good job of that. But now it's just about how they fill out the roster and, and who they pick to fill out, you know, the assorted roles. Well, yeah, I think as long as we uh, stay out of taxi cabs, uh, you know, Tom Glavin and Dwayne Sanchez will be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, and and, and <laughs> yeah, th- I, again, that's just, you know, a perfect example of what can happen that you're not expecting, you know? You no, know, I think we have a lot of young arms out there in the bullpen. You know, we got uh, Steven Register, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we have a few young arms out there. I think a few guys will step up and... Uh, make the team. I, I think the bullpen will be fine. I think it'll be better than people think it will be. I hope so. I mean, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, they they have good they have good pieces. If Juan Sanchez is really healthy, and they have you know Sanchez and Heilman and and, and of course Wagner and Pedro Feliciano, you know that's the that's the core of a very strong bullpen right there. It's just finding those you know few other guys to fill out those last spots and you know those guys to fill the the role Guillermo Mota couldn't last year. What happens to a guy like Mike, like Mike Pelfrey? Again, we are joined by Ted Berger of SYTV. Like, a guy like Mike Pelfrey, who uh, 
would have been the fifth starter. The Mets haven't gone to Santana. Now all of a sudden he's pushed back to the sixth starter. Does, does Randall take a look at him uh, against like guys like Perez or Maine or what would happen with Mike Pelfrey in terms of the starting staff? Well, that's that's going to be interesting too. I mean, it seems like El Duque is the the choice for the fifth starter, but you know you haven't heard the Mets say anything for sure. Omar Minaya always says, you know, El Duque is our fifth starter right now. He always uses that term, right now. So I think there is a chance Pelfrey, you know, if he if he comes out and he has a really strong spring, he could win a job. I, I think Maine and Perez are pretty much locks unless one of them implodes. Um, I'd love to see Pelfrey work out of the bullpen. I don't think the Mets are going to do it. But, I mean, if you look at what – I mean, even Johan Santana is a, is a perfect example. I don't think Pelfrey will ever be that good, but – Santana, you know, cut his teeth in the majors in the bullpen, and then once the Twins deemed him ready, you know, once he was confident he could face major league hitting, he started starting. And I think that's a model you're seeing more and more teams follow. And there's really no reason not to do it. I mean, if you can get valuable innings out of Pelfrey in relief, and and I think he does profile as a good reliever, especially since he has such a limited arsenal. And I think if I were Willie, and I don't think this is going to happen, so it's sort of a moot point, but if I were Willie, I'd give Pelfrey a look as as one of those guys to to sort of fill up the sixth and seventh inning because, you yeah. know, frankly, I think he can get major league hitters out, and I think all he needs is that that boost right. of confidence that maybe working in in a a lower pressure situation might give him. Yeah, Ted, that's a that's a great point that you make. I think uh, I think that's a great idea that a lot of uh, Met fans and a lot of uh, people that haven't really mentioned that. I think that Pelfrey uh, would be uh, suited well in the bullpen. And if you notice, I think I noticed in his starts last year, in his first few innings, uh, he was uh, he was good. And then once the third, fourth, fifth inning came, I think he tailed off a little bit. So I think Pelfrey in the bullpen would be a pretty good idea. I, I hope so. I mean, but but again, I, I'm I'm not. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um. Now I was going to ask you also. Um. The Mets uh, acquired Ryan Church this off season uh, in the last thing's millage trade uh, with uh, Brian Schneider, and I wanted to ask: Are you comfortable uh, with Ryan Church as a starting outfielder, and also? Are you comfortable with uh, Carlos Delgado uh, starting at first base uh, after his unproductive year last year and the wrist surgery? Well, those are both good questions, and they're sort of related questions because, as you know, Church and Delgado are both left-handed hitters who fare way better against righties than they do against against lefties. So I think Church's main concern, and my main concern about Church, is that he won't hit lefties. And, and, and the same is true with Delgado. So then, you know, when you're facing a Cole Hamels, who's, who's the... Uh, the obvious, the obvious choice for the toughest lefty in the division now, um, well, except Santana, but obviously they won't be facing Santana. When you're facing a Cole Hamels, then, you know, you've got, if, if Delgado doesn't come around and if Church still can't hit lefties, then you've got four holes at the bottom of your lineup because Brian Schneider can't hit anybody. So, you know, so I think, you know, one major concern I'd have, and this is something I've been writing about for a while, that the Mets could really use, you know, a solid right-handed bat on the bench. They seem to think Damian Easley is the guy to do it. I'm not convinced he's as good as he was last year. I mean, there's not much precedent, and there's not much in Damian Easley's past that says he'll repeat that. So I'd be a little nervous about Church, especially against left-handed hitters. And while I do think Carlos Delgado will bounce back, I don't think he's as bad as he was last year, and I think he was bothered by injuries throughout you know, I am concerned about the way they both square off against left-handers, especially because we both we all know Moises Alou is going to get hurt at some point. Yeah, the, and he's the uh, best hitter against lefties. So if if Alou goes down and then you have Andy Chavez playing there, you know, then that's another player who has 
who has, you know, less power against lefties. And so, you know, while, yeah, maybe it's only 20% of the starts, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough spot. And, and you'll get into the situation like, like what happened to the Mets in, I think it was 2006, when teams just started stacking their left-handers against the Mets because they knew the Mets couldn't hit lefties. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's something, I it's certainly something to look out for. And again, uh, Ted Burr of SNYTV joining us now. Um, you know, Willie Randall was pressed by the media a lot and you know, by Mets fans for his handling of the uh, collapse of uh, 2007. He called the, you know, like the complacency and the whole thing. How do you think well, Willie Randolph's demeanor is going to be um, going into the season? Is he going to be more laid back, or is it going to be the same Willie Randolph, uh, you know, going about your business type of guy? What do you think about uh, Willie Randolph uh, and his uh, demeanor going into this uh, 2008? You know, I, I don't know, and and it's really going to be this is going to be a really telling year for Willie because I think the Mets fans, you know, his, his, his grace period has got to have has got to be over by now, you know, and I think for a long time, you know, everybody was sort of willing to give him a pass on any questionable decisions he made, you know, not just because he took them to the you know within one out of the World Series in 2006, but you know he's sort of a Joe Torre guy, and Joe Torre is such a popular figure in New York that. And Willie was a New York player, and he's a New York guy. You know, there's a lot of reasons to like Willie Randolph, and I think that that his luster sort of lasted, you know, a few seasons in New York, and and I think that probably the collapse did a pretty good job of uh, wearing that off. So I think the the Mets fans are probably going to have very very little patience with Willie if the Mets stumble out of the gate this year. Mm-hmm. So you know, it really comes down to an issue of of Willie's resolve. If if you know if Willie if he over you know, if he overdoes it and he pushes his team too hard and they stumble, and then he's going to look like a goat. But if he's too laid back and he doesn't do anything and they and they stumble out of the gate, you know, then people are going to be like, oh, same old Willie. You know, why is he uh, why is he fiddling while Rome burns here? You know, which which it sometimes looks like during the collapse last year when Willie refused to admit anything was wrong. Yeah, I think our Mets fans uh, won't be as patient this year. Uh, definitely after what happened last year. Uh, well, Ted, uh, thanks for joining us, but we are kind of running out of time. But uh, before we let you go, uh, I have one more question for you. Sure. Um, now, on your flushing, uh, fussing uh, blog on uh, SNY.TV, it looks like you have a pretty nice mustache going. Is that true? Um, the mustache is fake. I, I, I oh, it's fake? It is. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I happen to sadly really? look, look much younger than my years. And, and, uh, as, and back then when I started up the blog... To uh, to instill some authority, I, I put on a fake mustache for the picture. <laughs> I th- I was going to ask you uh, who had the better mustache, you or Jose Valentin? Oh, Jose Valentin is is my mustache hero. Well, be- beyond Keith Hernandez, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, definitely. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Uh, you uh, some great insight. Um, maybe if you want, come on as the season comes closer. We could talk uh, more about 2008. I'd love to. All right, thanks. Sure. Thanks, thanks for having me. And thanks so much. That's, of course, Ted Berg from the SNY TV blog, the Mets blog. Of course, Mets blog is also an official blog of SNY, but Ted Berg's blog, Flushing Fussing. Um, and check it out over at wow. SNY.tv. Mustache uh, is fake. I can't believe that. You, know, you, I, learn, I, I, you, know, you I learn something new every day. You know, but yeah, I must say, it looks pretty real to me, but... Uh, you do ask a question, because I would have never figured it out. I would never going to ask him. But. Yeah, because, like... Uh, when we were talking to me, you sound like a guy who didn't really have a mustache. Yeah, I know. It's weird to me. I don't know. Well, the mustache me. looks good, or probably if it without the mustache, he probably still looks good. So you can tell. Again, you can call into a program. Um, Rich Zuckman is going to join us uh, 
We're on the 9 o'clock portion of our show. We are yep, going to... uh, we got some NBA coming up. We have some Valentine's Day stuff coming up. We still got 42 minutes left. We got a lot of time. We, we got, got plenty of time. Show. We got plenty of time for phone calls, too, of course. Our number is one six four six. Four seven eight five one one eight. Give us a buzz. Uh, tell us what's Give us going a buzz. on. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have the, uh, val- the Valentine's Day segment toward the end of the portion of our but, show. Uh, nothing uh, from Ace Hardware. Let's wait for Rich Zuckerman to join us on our Yeah, program. Rich, Rich uh, Zuckerman, uh, is that his name? I said it right, didn't I? You said it right. From uh, yeah. SNY, another SNY guy. SNY is representing tonight. He'll talk some NBA with us, some Shaq, yeah. some Jason Kidd, and maybe the All-Star game. So we'll be right back taking your phone calls on Eastman and the Quas. Yes, we're gonna be right. Ba- we're gonna be right back on the sports document after this. You are listening to Ace Man and the Quas. The phone number to call in is one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That's one six four six four seven eight five one one. If you have a question and you would not like to come on the air, you can contact Ace Man at metsfanatic nine ten at aol dot com. That's metsfanatic nine one zero. And you can contact the Quas at Quaster06 at AOL. If you would like to advertise at this spot, please contact us at one of those two screen names. Now, back to the show. Okay. Your New York Giants are Super Bowl champions, and the sports docket had all the coverage. Manning from the Patriots' 13-yard line. Five seconds on the play clock. Manning calling signals. Manning, rounds it left, toward the end zone. Wide open, puck and go, Burris. Touchdown, touchdown, Giants. Giants, they regain the lead. 16-14 with 35 seconds to go. A 13-yard touchdown to puck and go, Burris. Puts the Giants only 35 seconds away from completing the impossible and becoming the NFL champions. How about that? How about that? Just kidding. Even though we didn't have the calls, we sure set you up for for the big game. And we sure had a great recap for you tonight. So keep your internet radio dial locked in to the sports docket every Thursday night at 8 to 9 for great calls or great in-depth analysis like that. Now you can call into our program at 1-646-478-5118. That's 1-646-478-5118. Now, back to the sports docket with Ace Man and the Quas. Sports Talk Now! Your number one station for New York sports on Blog Talk Radio. Is the sports doctor at Ace and Everquas every Thursday night at 8. And welcome back to the sports doctor on Blog Talk Radio 851 on your Thursday night in New York City and Lindbrook, New York. Um, you can call into our program 1 646 478 Again, it's Rich Zuckerman who will be joining us hopefully momentarily to talk to a little NBA. Again, as I mentioned before, uh, we didn't get to talk about the Shaq trade yet. Um, Came to the works last week. We'll Shaq, get that soon. We'll get that soon. Shaq, remember we'll get the that with Mark. Yeah, well, um, you mean Rich. Rich. What, what am I saying? You're thinking about I'm a little confused tonight, man. I'm a little confused. A little confused. But, uh, of course, Ted Berg joined us earlier on in the program. We um, talked a lot of Mets, and that was a lot of fun with Ted Berg. 
and uh, you can call into a program. We always open to uh, calls. You just um, call us for call a reason. Uh, don't just call to talk from uh, Aceman's Hardware Store, whatever you want. But uh, again, you know, um, uh, again, Ted Berg brought some interesting points. I mean, going into the season, the Mets have a lot of questions. I didn't even realize how many questions uh, they have. I mean, uh, El Duque is getting older. I mean, who knows how old he is? He must be like 50 now. Uh, and uh, and how and who knows how old Morrison Lewis is? He was gonna even uh, he was gonna like do the pull of Bobby Valentine and with the sunglasses and with the disguise and hide or whatever. I mean, is uh, the Mets have a lot of questions? I mean, before you can even pencil in as Mets as your number one uh, team in the NL East, you got a lot to do. Um, you got you got a lot to uh, get on, but. Um, Right. Well, cool. I'll step out for a moment. I have to take care of something. I'll be right back, all right? No problem. We'll be right back. Again, um, at 9 o'clock, we're going to be joined by Rick Zuckerman uh, to talk, <coughs> excuse me, talk uh, some NBA. Uh, I'll get into that as well. Again, you know, the Mets do have a lot of questions going to the CMU again, the Yankees. I don't, I mean, uh, I mean, Joe Duarte, and speaking of the Yankees camp, before I get back to the Mets here, uh, Joe Duarte does, uh, you know, he's, uh, Joe Duarte is really taking a crisis into his hands there. I mean, Clemens is not going to play for the Yankees this season, but Andy Pettit will. And the Yankees are going to have a lot of questions with the steroids talk before they even start playing baseball. I mean, um, also with the issue of Jabba Chamberlain, a uh, guy that uh, the Yankees were seemingly uh, pens when they go into the town and talk, they seem to insist that, that Chamberlain is going to be. Uh, Started now. All of a sudden, the Yankees are putting him back to bullpen. My opinion is they should put Chamberlain in a starting rotation. I mean, the Yankees have a lot of great arms, a lot of great young arms, and they should uh, definitely um, use it for the more for more innings. I mean, Ch- I mean, all the Chamberlain can do in relief. Let's see what he can do as a starter. I mean, if worst comes to worst, you can always put him back in the bullpen. I really think the, the issue for the Yankees is to start Chamberlain with guys like Philip Hughes. Um, in that rotation. I mean, that, that's just really an impressive rotation the Yankees have. I mean, they don't even, even need Santana. I mean, Pettit's going to be there. Um, my opinion, I think the Yankees do have a great rotation. I think Chiming Wong, of course, uh, Cy Young caliber season last year. So um, we're going to see what happens. I mean, I, I think the Yankees really should keep Jabba Chamberlain as a uh, relief, relief pitcher, as a starting pitcher, my bad. I mean, he has the mechanics to be a starter. I mean, that's really what he was brought up to be. I think uh, the Yankees uh, should keep, uh, uh, should add Chamberlain to the rotation as opposed to in the bullpen. See what's going to happen. I mean, the Yankees have a lot of questions. I mean, who, who's going to play first base? I mean, who's on first for the Yankees? That's a big issue. Uh, Giambi is, uh, you know, who knows? We can handle the stick at first. The Yankees were showing interest in some first baseman, uh, but they all seem they didn't really make much moves. The Yankees didn't make any sort of moves during this offseason. So we're going to see what happens. And again, Steven uh, is going to get back to us on the program, and Zuckerman will come on around 9 o'clock to join us to talk um, NBA. The president will come on. Again, we'll have a little Valentine's Day segment. Um, so we'll see what happens. Again, you can call into the show. Also, be sure you can check out our um, sister station, one of our sister stations, Sports Time Walking Avenue. Anybody interested in fantasy baseball? Uh, I'll show you all guys do it, uh, whether it's through money leagues or just for fun. Um, there's always an there's always an issue with your draft. Uh, are you, you going to take Santana first? You're going to go more for the for the sticks. 
Um, well, Sports Heaven, uh, Mark, Elliot is going to have on three uh, insiders, you can call them insiders or experts from fantasy baseball, to come and join him and talk some sports. Uh, rather, fantasy baseball. Of course, they're talking uh, the usual New York sports talk. But you can join them at blogtrader.com slash sports time with Mark and Evan. I know you all are, in, are into fantasy baseball. So that's definitely to check that out. And uh, all season long, I mean, you got, you got, you got there's, a, there's a ton of the questions that the Yankees have uh, going into. The Joe Girardi, I mean, you have two Joes who are handling new teams. Uh, Joe Torrey, I'm not talking about the Dodgers. I don't really know much about them. Well, I mean, I can get into it. I, 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 do I think that the Dodgers are going to be a better team with Joe Torrey? I think they'll win a few more games. I don't think they're going to all of a sudden, you know, Torrey's going to like turn them into a uh, a 95 win team. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that uh, their team is, is capable of winning 95 games, especially with the uh, talk about the Rockies, talk about the team like the Diamondbacks, even the Padres who had one of the worst tail offs, even worse than the Mets last season. So I mean, in that division, but Torrey's going to be interesting to see how Torrey handles the press there. Um, a big interesting question: uh, Shelly Duncan. Um, Came early uh, to work out yesterday uh, for the New York Yankees, and uh, he was fielding grounders. So um, we'll see what happens with him going into the season. Aceman is back. Aceman's back. He took care of whatever he had to do, and he's joining us back on the program. <laughs> so uh, we're waiting our guest. Yeah, we're just waiting for Zuckerman to join us. Uh, Rich Zuckerman. Uh, Garden Party Blogger on SNY.TV. NBA uh, Analyst, of course. And the what? NBA Analyst, of course. NBA Analyst. Uh, yeah, no, join us for that moment. Once again, I apologize. I had to leave the show for a few minutes, but I'm back now. So uh, the you ace know, man is back. Mike Francesca is all the time on his program. And... <laughs> so, yeah, true. but... You know, when I, I when you were away, I was talking about the Yankees and their questions... I mean, what's your, what's your feeling about Jabber Chamberlain? Uh, uh, well, yeah, reports are saying that uh, the Yankees, uh, they see him uh, in the long term as a starting pitcher, but they're going to start him uh, in the bullpen at the beginning. Well, that's what I was going to talk about. I mean, I think it's just, I mean, what's the worst comes to worst? If Chamberlain doesn't uh, come through as a starter early on, you can push him back to the pen. I mean, well, there's no the loss. Is, I mean, you look at him, and he's the type of pitcher who you think would be uh, suited better in a bullpen role. I mean, he throws 100 miles an hour. I mean, I know, uh, but I mean, Randy Johnson. I mean, you looked from his relief outings last year. When he pitched one inning, his numbers were a lot better than when he pitched two innings. I mean, well, the I guy, mean, I think. Uh, Matt from Seven Train to Shane is giving us a little comment in the chat room here. He's saying that if you start him in the bullpen, and then, and then uh, that builds up the arm. But you know I what? Think, well, what the Yankees are saying is not just to build up his arm, but. The Yankees say they want to limit his innings this year. They don't want to make him throw too many innings. Again, the job rules come into effect. But the job rules. They don't. They don't want to throw him too many innings. They said they want to keep it down to between 140, 150 innings for the season. So they're going to have him in the bullpen until the All Star break, probably. And then a second half of the year down the uh, down the road uh, when it's uh, playoff time, they want uh, job. Course, as this one talk of the is, a, is a much more um, appealing thing to talk about than. Uh, Getting into the whole steroids and Clemens and Nami and his wife, everything. I mean, this talk uh, obviously is much more fun to talk about because I mean, I can't believe the steroids have this much news. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous what's going on. 
I mean, Chuck Knobloch was telling his whole life story uh, at, at the. I mean, who cares about Chuck Knobloch? He hasn't played for seven years uh, in the major leagues. I don't know unless he retired. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, Chuck Knobloch, uh, uh, all of these guys. Uh, yeah, it's pretty insane what's going on right now. Okay, you're joining us right now is Rich Zuckerman of SNY TV and his blog Garden Party. Um, he joined us to talk about the NBA. Again, Old Sanders is not with us tonight. A little bit with the cough, but um, Rich Zuckerman is joining us. And Rich, thanks a million for, uh, for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here. No problem. All right, Rich, uh, before we get to anything else, uh, talk a little bit about um, your blog over at SNY.TV, of course. Um, Garden Party and a little bit of the reception, of course, uh, that, that you get from Knicks fans and writing your blog and what goes on over there. <laughs> well, uh, it's, that's uh, basically just uh, keeping tabs on the latest in uh, the Knicks world. Uh, whether it's, you know, <laughs> it is, unfortunately, it's not uh, a whole lot of excitement in the Knicks world of ways. I'm sure you guys are aware too, but uh, it's, uh, you know, keep on top of the latest uh, news, trade rumors, all of that. And um, Isaiah Thomas obviously uh, is uh, not doing it quite as well as uh, a lot of people hoped. Uh, do you think he should be fired? I'm uh, I'm one of the uh, among the few who uh, don't think Isaiah should be fired quite yet. Um, it's uh, at least things should be given through the season at this point. I don't really see um, the benefit of a coaching change at this at in the middle of the season at this point. Obviously, the Knicks are not. Uh, a contending team, not really uh, looking to head anywhere at this point. Um, but we look at the team on the court right now, they're playing some of their best basketball of the year, oddly enough, even though they're in uh, one of their worst slides of the year. When you look inside of that, you see a team that's playing uh, pretty solid team defense, probably the best ball moving on the offensive end that they've had all year. And uh, uh, I'm sorry. Some guys like... Uh, it's just, I think they uh, they could use a little more time, a little more time to get some more chemistry there. I think I know I'm probably sounding a little bit like Isaiah himself with uh, saying things like that, but I believe uh, this roster needs a little bit more time to gel together. Well, uh, with Isaiah, do you think he's the coach of the future of this organization? That I'm not so certain about. Um, do you think he uh, he's has a because of decent eye for town, the Knicks have some pieces they can build around. Nate Robinson is starting to look more like a true point guard than he's ever been this year. Um, Ronaldo Bachman clearly has a huge impact on the Knicks whenever he steps on the floor. David Lee, aside from being a fan favorite, is the best rebounder on the team. So he's put pieces in place to build around. But I think uh, Isaiah's been a little too uh, quick with the trigger finger when it comes to changing his rotation. Um, you saw beginning the very beginning of the season, he uh, said he was dedicated to using an eight, nine-man rotation. And he started out that way, but he got away from it very quickly. And that's when the Knicks fell into their funk, when uh, guys got fell out of their roles. So going forward in the future, they probably need to find a better disciplinarian as coach, someone who uh, can stay within those lines of a rotation a little bit better than neither he or Larry Brown did in their tenure. Again, Rich Suckman of SNY TV joining us now. And I hate to bridge away from the Knicks for a moment here, um, but, of course, uh, the big news um, in, the, in the NBA of late has been the trade rumors and everything going on. And what were your f- first thoughts about this Shaq trade when it came through the works and now Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal become a member of the Phoenix Sun and going back to the division, which he played uh, one or two championships in? 
They're actually uh, not quite as hard on the Suns and about the steel as uh, some other people are. I do um, I do question uh, any time a team breaks up uh, their core, which obviously they did in sending Marion to the Heat. But Shaq definitely brings something that they've been missing in the postseason. Whether it's you know been by Tim Duncan or, or Dirk Nowitzki, they they've had trouble defending uh, opposing big men. And Shaq, if something he can still do, he can still defend an opposing big man. He's certainly not the uh, quite the offensive presence, quite the dominant force that he once was, but he will bring something to them in the postseason that they've been missing. That being said, I actually love the deal for the Heat in terms of bringing Marion there because I couldn't think of a better compliment for Dwayne Wade in the NBA right now than Marion. He does everything that Wade doesn't do, and his guy can give you 20 points a game without having to run a single play for him. He's probably one of the best two or three rebounders in the, in the league right now. And he can guard the other team's best offensive player, no matter the position, on the other end of the floor. Uh, now the team, of course, across the Hudson River, the New Jersey Nets, uh, they were uh, very close to making uh, some big news yesterday with uh, almost trading Jason Kidd until uh, Devin George uh, backed out of the trade. Uh, do you think uh, the Nets are making the right decision in trying to trade Jason Kidd? I definitely think the Nets are making the right move. Um Kid doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, he's, you know, both privately and publicly demanded a deal, and uh, really, there's no long-term benefit to keeping Kid around. And for the package that they're set to bring over from uh, the Mavs, if they can work the steal out still, they couldn't do much better than that. Devin Harris is a phenomenal young point guard who has hit going into the future two, three years down the line. He'll probably be a superior point guard to Jason Kidd at that point. Um, you look at aside from that, in the short term, you're getting some salary off the books with uh, if they can get George, his deal coming off, the Sock and the Jop, his deal coming off. I think it's uh, a plus two first-round picks coming to the Nets in that deal. I think it's a pure win all around for New Jersey. And guys, as you said, I'm mean, voicing a favorite um, opinion of the uh, Jason Kidd trade, but I'm interested to know like, what happens uh, – Let's say the trade does go through before the All Star game. Jason Kidd right now is penciled in as a starting guard for the East. So does he play for the West or doesn't play at all? I mean, what would happen if if Jason Kidd gets traded to the West before the All Star game? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually uh, not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I think because he's voted in, he uh, probably would find himself a Western Conference roster spot somewhere. Probably not as a starter, since the Western Conference always had their starters voted in, but. Um, that's a very good question, actually. I'll probably have to look into that one. <laughs> and uh, speaking of the uh, All-Star game coming up this weekend, I mean, all this is a lot of festivities, a lot of fun, uh, of course, shootout, um, and ton of points back and forth across the court. You think the, uh, I mean, obviously now Iverson transplanted over to the West. Uh, more so, I mean, the West looks a little bit stronger. But guys across Dwight Howard against Yao Ming, what do you think about the East's chances in this All-Star game weekend against the West? I, uh, it's not looking too good. I think if uh, the East had uh, Garnett in there, maybe they'd uh, stand a little bit of a better shot. Yeah, the injury, yeah. The injuries are definitely, definitely going to hurt the East here. But at the same time, you know, I, I was told that All-Star weekend, is, it's all about the fans. I never really paid uh, too much attention to uh, – who comes out on top. I always find it to be an incredibly entertaining game, just seeing the best players in the league all together on the court. I find it's one of the, you know, I think it's one of the few all-star games you see in any of the major sports where 
most of the league's top talent makes it a point to be there, makes it a goal to be in that game every year. You know, you look at, like, the Pro Bowl in the NFL, you see, you know, countless guys always pull out in the weeks before the game. Um, Major League Baseball, you see it too a little bit. The NBA, you don't see as much of that. I think it's kind of refreshing. Definitely nice for the fans. <laughs> yeah, no question. And also a, a team that I don't know if it surprised you or, or really a lot of people in the NBA, but the New Orleans Hornets, I mean, they have come alive this season in the, in the Western Conference. And, you know, with Chris Paul and pacing their offense, I mean, the Hornets really look like a team to beat in the West this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go all the way to the end to the uh, Western Conference Finals. What do you, what are your thoughts about the the resurgence of the New Orleans, the New Orleans Hornets? Hey, it's definitely one of the uh, one of the more fun teams to watch throughout the year, and uh, they definitely do have as good a shot as anyone out west to uh, take it to the NBA Finals. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up in terms of experience uh, when they get there. Obviously, guys like Paul and uh, Tyson Chandler, you know, they don't have as much experience to fall back on. It's like a team like the Spurs, obviously, has been there every year. A team like the Suns that had experience running deep into the playoffs. You know, a team like the Lakers, where you have guys, you know, Kobe, obviously, but even you know, Lamar Odom, who's got a lot of playoff experience under his belt. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up in the, under that situation there. I don't know if this is the year that they'll make that uh, deep run, but I could definitely see them at least winning uh, one, maybe two uh, playoff series. They'll be they'll be fun to watch, and they're going to be yeah, good for a I long time. Um, now, getting uh, back to the local Knicks here. Um, now, obviously, uh, this team has to rebuild a little bit. Uh, get rid of some uh, salary and uh, get some uh, younger players in here, and uh, maybe a, f- a few uh, free agents. Uh, how do you think uh, the Knicks rebuilding process begins? I think uh, it's got to be a slow one. I think obviously patience is hard to come by in New York, but it's uh, the, the last thing they want to do is make any drastic moves that they're going to end up regretting, which is why I don't think they should make any deals with the deadline here unless something, you know, obvious something obvious comes up to uh, cut Sally for an expiring deal. If you can move Eddie Curry's contract or Quentin Richardson's contract or even Jared Jeffrey's contract somewhere. Um, but it's going to be tough to do because you're talking about players with large contracts who offer you a limited skill set in return. Um, the players that other teams are going to want from the Knicks, talk about Lee, Ronaldo Bachman, uh, Jamal Crawford on some level, and uh, Nate Robinson being the big four that come up. Those are probably the big four that they should make a point to hold on to. I know there's been talks with uh, the Kings about Ron Artest where uh, – They've, you know, consistently wanted to see uh, either Balkman, Lee, or Robinson, someone from that trio, and involved in that kind of deal. And I don't think it would be beneficial for the Knicks to move any of those players at this point. So I think you're looking at where we want to try to dump salary, but there may not be a uh, great deal on the table to do it, unfortunately. And again, uh, once again, Rick Zuckerman, thanks so much for joining us. Share insight on New York Knicks, and hopefully uh, down the stretch, Knicks will somehow improve and start winning some games. Just, you know, winning a game for them is one thing and enough. But, uh, Rick, thanks so much for coming on, and I uh, hope to see you soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. No problem. That's a question. Uh, Rich Zuckerberg from uh, SNY.TV. Uh, thanks for all the NBA insight. Uh, a lot of good information there. Great. And, of course, Rich Zuckerberg was joining us um, on our program to talk uh, you know, NBA again to it. The roundtable, hopefully, old sound will join us in the future. Um, see, I think I have to go now, maybe. But uh, yeah, I'm not really feeling well. Uh, if you don't mind. 
Okay, no, it's all right. Uh, you probably watched too much of the uh, steroid conferences over <laughs> on C-SPAN or whatnot. Like uh, Kwas, uh, see you next week on the sports docket. Yeah, next week have a great show. I guess uh, I'll have to cross my fingers here. I'll do. I'll be doing the uh, Valentine's segment by myself. Or we take your calls. I'm always welcome to call in our program. Still plenty of time to go on uh, this edition of the sports docket uh, with Ace and Kwas. <clears throat> and uh, we'll be getting into that. So we're going to take a uh, quick break. So, and then we'll We'll get into a little bit of the, uh, of course, today is Valentine's Day. We'll get into the segment, and that'll be coming up next on the Sports Doctor with Ace Man and the Quas. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for tuning in to Ace Sports Radio Show, The Sports Docket, on blogtalkradio.com. I'm Mark Elliott from Kevin with Mark and Evan, the best sports radio show the internet can handle. And our next show is Sunday, February 17th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The show can be heard on blogtalkradio.com slash with Mark and Evan. That's Mark with a K. Evan will be unable to make it, but no need to worry. We have a great filler for the show. On our show, three of fan baseball experience will be on the excellent fantasy baseball draft. Dan Novick, Aaron Wasserman, and Matt Levenberg will be on Great Tips for the Draft. It is our Fantasy Baseball Guide episode. Just to let you know, the real Fantasy Baseball Draft Guide is $10.99. The one on Yahoo is $99. And the ESPN one is $95. The Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan Draft Guide can be heard over and over, downloaded to your computer, and best of all, it's free. All you need to get into the show. But that's not all. Not only is our draft guide free, but it's your official site at freeweb.com slash sportsheaven with Mark Evan. And again, that's Mark with a K. You can click on the share your thoughts, your thoughts page, and you can submit your own fantasy baseball question that we will ask the experts on for you. So our draft guide is free and it's personal. Do not miss out. Thanks so much, Mark Elliott, Sports Heaven with Mark and Evan, blogtalkradio.com. And welcome back to the Sports Doctor and Ace Man and the Cross, just to cross momentarily. Uh, we're on Blog Talk Radio. Um, we, we got into this before, but um, we were talking about, about the NHL for a second here and the Islanders. And the Islanders tonight, um, I, you know, we usually don't get much coverage on our show, but the way they're playing lately, I think I got uh, mentioned about just how um, dreadful they've been playing of late. I mean, they're they've been struggling uh, mightily to keep pace with other teams. I mean, look at where the Islanders have fallen in their in their division. It's just remarkable uh, how they fallen. <coughs> Excuse me, I think I'm getting caught too. Uh, the Islanders have fallen in their division. It's remarkable how they've fallen so far behind them, the team. Uh, in the race. Right now, the Islanders are behind Boston Rangers, Washington, and Florida. And and they got uh, even Toronto on their neck. So, I mean, the Islanders are almost the close bottom line. The Islanders close to the bottom, then to the top. And right now, they're playing in Toronto, end of the second period. They're winning 3-2, to two, so maybe a change there. Against, of course, Toronto is not a great team either. So, um, the Islanders taking advantage tonight. Again, you call into our show. We have to take phone calls. We have, we're going to have too much luck with the callers earlier on. Uh, I guess we have more things on Valentine's Day than I thought, but 
we call in and we'll be uh, happy to put you on the on the program. Um, well, actually, maybe we got, we're going to the Valentine's segment now, um, and then I guess we'll we'll, end, we'll close up the show. Uh, all right, so we'll be right back after this. It's Valentine's Day, and we want to know what the plans are of Jim Dolan or Ted Nolan or Scott Rowland. You got the point. Sports Talk has got a Valentine's Day edition coming up next. Welcome back to the Sports Gossip here on Blog Talk Radio. It's on the clock, 9.17 on a Thursday night in New York City. Um, again, we have a little Valentine's Day segment, of course. Uh, I really think Valentine's Day is the hallmark holiday. I think it gets way too much hype. But, uh, again, there's a lot of people way into it. Uh, flower companies and um, chocolate companies make a ton of money off this. Um, but, again, uh, there's a lot of... Um, New York sports figures who are kind of depressed, uh, you know, uh, especially the New York Knicks. You look over, you look over there, and across the Hudson to New Jersey, and just so the big debacle going on right now. Um, just with everything, uh, New Jersey and in Knicks. I mean, NBA hasn't been really an extreme focus of anybody in New York right now. I mean, New Jersey kind of sparked a little interest, getting uh, big stories on ESPN. But again. Uh, the Knicks last night, look at their in the box score. I don't have to know. Crawford scored 26 points. But then you look across to Boston. I mean, uh, combined effort of Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, uh, 20, 20 points apiece. And, um, you know, it, uh, the Knicks did play hard last night, as I said before. They only lost the eight points. Uh, and they did uh, they, uh, have a nice fourth quarter, but it came up way too short. Uh, in the second, in the second uh, half, no, in the second um, quarter, uh, they got outscored. Um, Boston doubled uh, on them. So, again, uh, David Lee had a huge game off the bench again. I mean, I don't know what's up with um, Thomas not starting. That's a story for another day. So, again, uh, we're calling the line right now at 718 area code. Um, you're on the sports top, eight minutes across. What's going on? Hello. Hello. Hey, what's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. And your name? Mina. Hey, Mina, what's going on? What do you got? How's it going? Going good. I have a question for you, Ethan. Yeah? Do you think the shift of power in the NBA is changing towards the Western Conference? Well, I I mean, that's a good question because the uh, Boston is, what, like 41-9 right now, and Detroit is 26-0-500, but I, I still... Yeah, well, I think it was always the West. I mean, you look, 
I mean, you look at the eighth seed right now. I don't have to tell you right now. The eighth seed right now in the West is Houston. They're 12 games over 500. The eighth seed in the East right now is Philadelphia. They're seven games under 500. So right there, I Mina, you can tell that uh, the West is obviously the much stronger division. And yeah, well, well, consider the trade between uh, Jason Kidd to the Mavericks would be such a would be really would be such a which would be such a really strong contribution to the Mavericks offense. Well, no question. Jason Kidd returning to Dallas is a huge move. Um, but Dallas, that's a huge move as well from the personality standpoint. And I mean, Jason Kidd was complaining both on and off the court about this deal uh, getting done, and eventually now it seems that it is done, except for um, Devin George, uh, who has invoked his um, trade clause, but um, uh, or blocked the deal. But I, I think that the, I mean, the Nets are getting some pieces here. They're getting a Jerry Stackhouse. I think for New Jersey, it is a, uh, it's, it's a deal they have to make uh, and just you no know, rebuild. I mean, New Jersey is in the same situation next year, and that's in the rebuilding mode. I mean, they're going nowhere. They're the eighth seed or the seventh seed right now. Uh, but playing Boston and Detroit, I mean, who who even thinks to win one game against those the caliber of those teams, right? You know. Yes, I understand. Well, do you think that the Celtics will have seven new wins in the season? Well, in order to do that, they would have to um, only lose what two games the rest of the year. But I think eventually uh, next season they could do it. I mean, this season they would have to go what? Uh, Look at the schedule; they would have to go lose only three games and. I mean, I, they're not going to go. Uh, not going to go twenty-nine and three. It's not happening. But uh, I think they they can. They're going to win. They're going to win sixty, uh, maybe sixty-five. Um, we'll see. I mean, they're right now on a five-game winning streak, so I mean, they're red hot. But. Well, consider this: they went twenty-nine and three for the first thirty-two games. Yeah, but I mean, we're starting to see that this team does. Uh, well, I mean, I, I can't say Boston has any flaws. I mean, without Garnett, they're playing amazing. Um, but again, but again, who, who's the Boston play most? I mean, when Boston played Detroit, Detroit's given them a hell of a game. When Boston played Cleveland, uh, LeBron James given them a hell of a game. Even Orlando has um, stuck with them this year. But I mean, Boston day in day, day in day out, teams like Nets and the Seventy Sixers and the Knicks and Miami, they have a lot of games against the Heat. I mean, they crush them. I got Atlanta. I mean, all in Charlotte, these teams are all you know the, the mediocre teams. LeBron James only performs well in the fourth quarter. He combines with 20 points in the in the first three quarters of a game and will score another 15 to 25 points in the fourth quarter. How ridiculous is that? How does he do what, what? He scores about 20 points combined through three quarters. But out of all of a sudden, he explodes in the fourth quarter. He does that in nearly most of the games he plays in. He always pulls up, puts, puts up an encore in the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, he uh, he seems to be the type of second half type of player. But again, LeBron James is an impact player, and that's I mean that's what he does. I mean, you can point out his flaws, but the fact of the matter is that Cleveland is the fourth best team in the uh, Eastern Conference. I mean, they're barely over 500, but they uh, hanging in there. And I mean, he has he has a great supporting cast. The Glaskis at center is uh, the team is fantastic. So, Mina, once again, thanks, Mina, for calling in. Of course, Mina from Brooklyn, the famous Mina. And, Mina, I'll tell you the uh, physics uh, answer after the show. Okay? Yeah. All right, no problem. All right, I'll see you then, Mina. See you tomorrow, by the way. Tomorrow. All right, great. So, of course, is uh, Mina from Brooklyn is calling for many programs on the air. And uh, 
We have a 509 area code. What's the name where you calling from me on the sports doctor? What's going on? Hey, Ethan, what's going on? It's Matt from 7 Train to Shea. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. You're talking about Valentine's Day, of course, is today. Yeah. And you talk about your uh, Valentine's Day special. And you had that writer on from SNY. Well, speaking of Valentine's Day, I think I know what James Dolan really wants for Valentine's Day. And, and that is, is that? that would be money, Ethan. Oh, yeah. Money, money, money. People in the seats, no matter how bad the Knicks are, that's all he cares about is money. Getting people in those seats, no matter, no matter how bad the Knicks are, he wants people in those seats. And I think it's about time to, you know, for us, the Knicks fans, to boycott, go into the games. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. Well, I, I think it's already started. I mean, the, the, the boycott and the protesting, the outside and inside Madison Square Garden. I mean, they don't call the world's most famous arena for nothing. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Jim, Jim Dolan's all about the money. I mean, he's got uh, – it's just crazy uh, how much money he invests in, in a team that is uh, that is 22 games under 500. I mean, just amazing. I mean, you take, you, uh, Jim Dolan should um, – and this Valentine's Day should take a look at other teams that have um, show a love and a passion for the game. I mean, you look at uh, the Mets went out there and got Santana and – and pay the pay the money for what it's worth, as opposed to the Knicks or the New York Giants, with Jerry Reese with his um, nitpicking uh, uh, in terms of players in the draft going into the year, and in terms of um, you know just making moves, uh, these small little moves which contributed a lot. So again, I mean, that's a great call. Then Dolan is all about the money. Yeah, and Ethan, I got one last question for you. You know when no, the Knicks, not the Knicks, but the uh, the Nets are going to move to Brooklyn. Do you know anything about that anymore? Well, uh, unfortunately, um, it seems right. I mean, at first they, they said they're going to move in 2008-2009. Then they moved it back one year, and now uh, Bruce Ratner and you know, other people claim that's never going to happen uh, because it's just it's not working with the, uh, the tenants and the people uh, who, who live in the Atlantic uh, yards where they're going to build uh, the stadium. I really want them to move to Brooklyn. I mean, I, w- I want to see... Uh, Team that actually played basketball in, in New York, as opposed to going out to New Jersey. Um, but again, um, it seems very it seems, it seems now that the deal is not going to go through. It's unfortunate that it worked out this way. You know, Jason Kidd's leaving there. I assume the Nets are going to move somewhere else, so it's staying in New Jersey because it just fell through the works. I mean, there wasn't some of the paperwork. I don't know what's going on. I didn't get really too much into it, but it's an, it just seems like it's not going to happen right now. But yeah, I mean. All right. I hope I hope it goes through. I mean, uh, a nice team in Brooklyn, uh, you know. But uh, again, um, this is of course Matt from Seven Train to Shea, uh, and uh, you can check out Matt's uh, website over at sevenTrainToShea.com, and his radio show. I believe it's on what Saturdays at one thirty. All right, Hello? thank you, uh, Ethan, for uh, taking my call there. No problem. Of course, that is Matt Seven Train to Shea uh, radio show on Blog Talk Radio. And it's all Mets all year long. And of course, Ted Berg was on their show as well. Ted Berg makes his rounds. You can say that. Um, he gets around, and yeah, again, we are nearing the end of our program. So um, uh, we'll be on next week as well with more guests. Um, we may have a surprise guest on. I'm not saying who it is. We're very surprised on next week. We're still working through. Um, And do we have a uh, familiar voice with us? I don't know. Um, 
Yes, so again, we'll be on next week, next Thursday night, as usual. Um, we'll be, uh, it's, I'm off from um, school, everything. It's pretty nice. Uh, of course, people, a lot of people going away this weekend. Uh, you have the NBA also weekend in New Orleans. Of course, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, you have the, um, the, the, I've gotten to the roster more so last week than this week, but uh, both rosters, of course, are stacked. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun this year seeing Iverson on, on the Western Conference, um, seeing how he fares. And, of course, we got to a document about Jason Kidd and whether or not he'll be on the other side of the spectrum. Uh, okay, joining us right now is uh, we have another caller on the line right now. Uh, let's see where he's calling from. Uh, it's a 516 air call. We'll check our chances this time. Five one six. What's your name? Where are you calling from? I'm a sports doc with Ace Man Lacrosse. Hello. This is the Ace Man. Oh, he's back. He's back here. Right. Ace, what's your? Uh, give us your little injury report here. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Give us your injury report. I'm I'm feeling better. I just took a shower. Getting dressed. <laughs> Got out of the shower, so uh, my clothes were hurting a little bit before, but now it's a little bit better. It's good to come back on the show. We had a little fun there. Uh, so. Wanted to go back, uh, thank all the listeners uh, for tuning in. Also, uh, thank uh, our guests, of course, Ted Berg and uh, Mark. Rick Zuckerman. Yep. Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Keep getting confused. But uh, thank all of you for listening. We'll, we will be back next week, same place, same time. Yep, from Lynn Brooklyn, as you heard from our uh, good friends. They made an audio clip for us. <laughs> and, uh, yes, we'll be having a great um, program next week. Um uh, next week, uh, it's very possible Adam Rubin of the Daily News will join us. Of course, Adam Rubin, uh, the Mets beat reporter for the Daily News, um, and of course wrote the, the book um, with uh, Delgado and Beltran and Pedro Martinez. The name slips my mind right now, but uh, you can sure to check that out. Again, we're near the end of our show. We only got really little time remaining, but we're going to close out with a little song, and I guess we'll see you by next week. So we're going to close out, and we'll see you guys. Um, next week. One thing really means one This club will hopefully